There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Well, we are so excited to have our friend Paul McGuire Grimes uh, from Paul's Trip to the Movies with us on the Colleen and Bradley show. My Talk 1071. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer. Hi. Hi. And Paul McGuire Grimes, thank you for joining us on this day after a great big day. Hi. <laughs> Hey, thanks for having me. You know, I mean, uh, it's no big deal. No, it's not like much was going on no, last night. It's pretty, not much to talk about. But yeah. you know, we're not going to talk about that thing. We talked about it a little bit earlier no. in the show. It will be talked about as the days go by. Worry not. Mm-hmm. What, what, but what people might be failing to remember is an entire uh, telecast uh, happened around that moment and awards were given. So... Paul, what what what's the thing that was sort of the biggest surprise to you about the awards last night? The biggest surprise about the awards, I would say maybe if I think the biggest surprise is that they were all kind of predictable. Mm. You know, some years there's like an upset win, like last year. Everyone thought Chadwick Boseman was gonna win, and then Anthony Hopkins did. Nobody really thought last year that Frances McDormand was going to win, and then she did. Where I feel like this year, we all kind of knew who the actors were that were going to win. Mm-hmm. And so many other categories, like you could almost predict, like there was this easiness about who was going to win. That being said, I love the winners. You know, I love the representation and the visibility that these movies, these actors, these stories are now giving to audience members that are looking to watch these movies and like learn about them maybe for the first time. Yeah, you, I think that is what's really important here. You know, I the thing that just paints the picture for what you just said for me is that while we watched last night, you know, my partner watches all the movies every year and it's a big thing. And I know he was actually texting with you throughout the season to just yeah. kind of like see, like, what do you think about this and what do you think about that? And literally he was he did. Like, normally he has a good sense of who's going to win and he'll predict and then he plays this game with himself where he keeps track of who won. And last night, for a good chunk of the awards, he was getting the, like, predictable ones down. And there were only a couple that he didn't agree with. But for the most part, to your point, a lot of it seemed very predictable in terms of, of who won. That said, can you explain specifically about coda winning because it seemed like perhaps the the wins for that movie uh the likelihood that it was going to win increased over the last you know weeks Mm -hmm. and months yeah can you tell uh, tell us why you think that is like their chances seem to increase yes so coda had this kind of late season buzz so let's not forget too that coda 
originally premiered at last year's Sundance Film Festival. Mm -hmm. So this is, you know, so many movies come out around Christmas to get that kind of that time frame. This movie came out so long ago. And I think, you know, it didn't play into the festivals late in the season. I think, you know, as people were seeing it, they're like, oh, my goodness, like this is a a feel-good movie about an underrepresented community. My eyes are being opened. You then have all the feels, whether you are laughing, whether you are crying. I think people saw that and saw something in that story that resonated with them in a way that I don't think something like The Power of the Dog or maybe A Drive My Car, that that maybe you felt a little bit more distant with people, mm. you know, and let's not forget that best picture is actually a ranked choice of voting. So I think you had a lot of Academy members that voted code and maybe in spot number one, number two, number three, where you had another half, maybe that voted power of the dog as number one. And then you've got the Sam Elliott's, the, the curmudgeon Sam Elliott's that maybe <laughs> voted power of the dog number nine, number 10. Yeah. So like that is a polarizing movie that some people love. That is cinema with the capital C. And it's not to say that Coda isn't, but it's the feel-good movie. It's something that you can latch onto and feel good about right now, which I think what people want. I, yeah, I feel like there's something very uh, oddly accessible about Coda. Um, but yeah. also, like you said, gives you a lens into a culture that you are not, that the majority of us are not um, thinking about on the daily right. basis. And just how challenging it can be, especially if you're trying to build a business or, you know, find your own voice in the community. And how does, what does communication look like as we saw in right. that movie? And the, and the performances, what, you know, from Troy Kotzer, who won Best Supporting Actor, he's the second actor who happens to be deaf, um, win after Marley Matlin so many years ago. Mm-hmm. And of course, she's the mom in the movie. And then, I, and then Sean Hader, who re- wrote the adaptation of the screenplay, she won for Best Adapted Screenplay. So it was only nominated for three awards last night, too. It wasn't something like Dune or Power of the Dog. It had a, like tons of nominations, and it won all three. You know, Jane Campion did win for Best uh, Director. She is the, the second female in a row to win Best Director She you know, for The Power of the Dog. And then, of course, Coda, the second Best Picture winner in a row, directed by a woman as well, since Sean Hader directed it as well. Paul, can you talk a little bit about, you know, you referenced representation and, of course, you know, it's always important. But can you talk a little bit more about some of the other representation that was highlighted in the wins last night? Yeah. So let's talk about Ariana DeBose. I mean, she is someone that had And like, I don't want to like, you know, boil her down to her outfit. But like, not only were the words coming out of her mouth amazing. She looked good doing it. But she looked amazing as well. (laughs) Thank you. That's all I wanted to share. I'm, she was wearing a good pants too, with but but like it looked like a dress, but it was actually pants. Stunning, gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she has been winning every award season broadcast up until this point, and we knew she was going to win. But what's so important about Ariana DeBose is that she's like the first openly queer woman of color. She's an Afro Latina. She's the second Latina to win an Oscar, like ever. So again, and then her in her speech calling attention to that at a time right now when the LGBTQ plus community is basically under attack in so many states and to say, hey, your visit, like if you are feeling in a gray space right now, if you are feeling not seen or heard, I like this idea of I see you and your dreams can come true. And she just represents that so well and makes it possible for other so many people out there that may feel marginalized to think, no, there's, I have a community out there and I can get somewhere in life, you know? And she's, if you've not seen West Side Story, go watch She it. is Seven literally minutes. one of the best, if not the best thing in that movie. 
Yeah. And if you are a fan of hers, or if maybe this is the only thing you have seen her, she's also in The Prom, which is on Netflix. She's also in the original cast of Hamilton, which is on Disney+. Plus. So you can maybe kind of get to see some of her other work as well and know that she is this, she is here. She's a force. Community. I will also just say, force. I was so thankful that that award happens early in the show. And I, I do feel <laughs> yeah. like she set a tone. And it was yep. beautifully done. And so just from yeah. like a telecast perspective, it, 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 it sort of like set the tone for what we were to expect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we saw that later on with Jessica Chastain. You know, she wanted to call attention to that, too, because of playing Tammy Faye Baker and the visibility that Tammy Faye brought to the gay community. Mm. Um, and that award for Jessica, you know, Bradley, you kind of talked about this earlier, is, was really important to her because she, she saw the documentary, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, from the year 2000, and has been kind of obsessed with wanting to tell Tammy Faye Baker's story. She produced the movie. She's been working for like a decade trying to build it, bring it to the big screen. So I think, you know, I think that win for her, for Jessica, was just so important as a storyteller, as a producer. And then knowing that her creative team won makeup and hairstyling as well for the movie, was great for Jessica as well. Yeah, it was just so I'm like I just feel awesome for her and I loved the movie which is why I feel, you know, yeah. particularly um emotional about it. But what I will say is like it, what's so interesting is she part of the reason she felt like it was so important to tell that story is cuz the media did such a job and we've seen these stories now multiply over the last few years where we look back and see how much the media mischaracterized a human being and stereotyped yes. them and that yeah. absolutely happened with Tammy Faye and you know, you you saw that even the last night in the t- telecast with you know um and i don't remember who did the impression of her but i was like they just boil her down to like the the crazy lady with you know the makeup and she that movie just told you such a different tale of her yeah it was great and you know i want to call people's attention to summer of soul winning documentary feature from Questlove. This is uh, streaming on Hulu right now and such a phenomenal documentary about the Harlem Cultural Festival at a time, you know, when they were trying to use music to use their voice and the erasure of black culture and how we're now knowing that story too. So like getting these stories told is so fantastic. Questlove should get a do-over. I agree. I was just going to say, I'm <laughs> like, so We should glad. all show up tomorrow night For, at like 7 p.m. and just let him, him do his hour. thing again. <laughs> give him a full hour. Yeah. I was, you know, I was just going to say, I'm really glad actually that you brought that up, uh, Paul, because that was one of the, I mean, there were many things that were incredibly unfortunate about what happened last night between Will Smith and Chris Rock. And, and for me, the immediate pang of grief I felt was for Questlove who had to Mm -hmm. in the middle of that hanging thick tension um, accept an award for something so spectacular that he had shined a light on Mm -hmm. and did so well and um, I just was sad for him and I'm with you Bradley yes let's all show up and like I'm here for it give him his moment because it just it was unfortunate that that got taken away from him in that way without his control and, and again, even in the um, like oh, Q&A room afterwards, journalists were like, hey, can you comment on that? Like, how did it feel? And he's like, I'm not going to comment on that. I want to talk about the whole Harlem culture. Yes, yes thank you. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Also, you know, shame on the reporters. About that. Oh, gosh. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> oh, Paul McGuire Grimes, uh, thank you for showing up for us today. Um, I know that you, this is a, it's like literally a high holy day in your life. Uh, the day of the Oscars. <laughs> and so, go get yeah. some sleep. Paul. Yes, 
Thank you for we gave you a late slot on purpose. Uh, thank you for talking with us, and we'll talk to you again uh, soon. Paul McGuire Grimes. That's Paul McGuire Grimes from Paul's trip to the movies. Uh, he does usually join us on Fridays to tell us what we should be streaming. But of course, like I, this is his day. That was his uh, last night. Was his Super Bowl. His Super Bowl. So um, I'm glad that we had the moment to talk with him when we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show. Um, Kevin Hunter, the ex of Wendy Williams, has some stuff to say. We shall review it when we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 107.1.